All right, we are 20 days away from the start of the Penn State football season. Thursday, September 1st, 8 p.m. on Fox at Purdue. This is the annual Q&A that I do. Um, I get everyone's questions for the season coming up, and I try and give you the best and most honest answer um, that I can provide. I have already put out uh, a handful of those questions that I've gotten, and I got a lot of them, so thank you all for that. Um, I didn't expect to get as many as I as I did, so that's always good and provide more content for everybody, so much appreciated on that front. Um, I did put out a blog for the Quick Slants already, so go ahead and check that out. You can find that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I do have a new Twitter account for the Quick Slants. It is at the Quick Slants. So go follow me on Twitter there. Follow me on Twitter, uh, my personal account at Stephen underscore Springs. Go follow my co-host of the We Got Next podcast, Christian Hayes. Shout out to Christian. Um, he is at AO Shifty. And go follow the We Got Next podcast on Twitter at We underscore Got Next. Of course, like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Spotify. So I got a lot of questions, and I'm going to try and roll through um, all of them. I don't know. Some of them are, are repeat, so um, bear with me on that one. But I did get I did get a lot of them, and I got a lot of thorough questions that um, within the blog I've already answered, like I said, a handful of them. So I'm going to try and get through these. I don't see why not. Um, any feedback on this is always appreciated. Again, I appreciate the questions. I appreciate the 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 thought uh, that went into these questions because some of them are actually ones that I, I didn't even think about going to this season. So let's get it started. Number one, who is a player that nobody is talking about now but will play at all Big Ten caliber throughout the season? And my answer to that was Jonathan Sutherland, I think. Um, he's a good candidate for this. Um, Penn State fans know who Jonathan Sutherland is. He's been around the program for a while. But I think he's someone, he made the switch from safety to linebacker. And I think within the Manny Diaz defense, I think that is going to benefit him tremendously. Diaz loves to blitz. And I think that he is going to um, to take advantage of that. I think that um, maybe maybe not an all Big Ten selection. I know that was kind of the, kind of the question. But I do think that he's going to turn some heads and that can potentially land him on, on one of those lists. Um, you know, first team, second team, third team. Honorable mention, I guess I don't know if that counts or not. But I think Jonathan Sutherland is someone to keep an eye on this year. And I've been critical of him before, but I think, like I said, this 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 defense and the way it's set up, I think it's set up for someone like him to come off the edge, make some plays, um, and be disruptive. So I'm going to go with Sutherland on that one. Second question, um, can this team go plus 15 in takeaways this year? And if so, do we win the Big Ten? That's a big number. Uh, but I think <clears throat> with the style that Manny Diaz brings, I think that is entirely possible. Um, I think if you go pl plus 15 in, in takeaways, yeah, I think you have a good chance of, of being you know that team at the end of the season that you know, A, wins your conference, and B, is close to making the playoffs. So yes, I think that... If we can get close to that number, yes, our chances of winning the Big Ten are very high. 
Next question. Will kicking and punting be a strength or weakness of this team? Could go either way. I know um, that's not a, a yes or no answer, but you know the punters that we do have, we haven't seen any of them in game action. We saw them in the blue-white game, but I don't really take anything from that. Jake Pinniger, the kicker, I think that's that's his position to lose. Um, we kind of got spoiled last year with um, Jordan Stout doing both and being one of the nation's best punter and kickers. So we, we didn't see much of Jake Pinniger. Uh, we saw a little bit of him in, in training camp, and there was competition, but Jordan Stout was just significantly better. So um, it is going to be a maybe a struggle, but if if they do struggle, if the punters do struggle and the kickers do struggle, I think the other factor in that is how good our coverage teams can be. I think people kind of forget about that. Like, sure, you can you can you can have a good punter, but if your coverage teams aren't you know up to par, that can really none of that really matters. Then you know how far your kicker can can put it, or you know your punter can you know, do whatever. Like none of that matters if your coverage team can't can't get down there and, and stop the guy returning it. So I think you can go either way, but I think if we have a good um, a good co- coverage team. That kind of helps with any struggles that we have. So I'm going to go ahead and say weakness to start the season. But I, I think you know with having three punters, someone is bound to give us a good chance of, uh, of of you know putting the ball in a good place and putting teams back and you know all the things that you want a punter to do and hang time and all that kind of good stuff. Next question: Who will have more collective rushing attempts and more rushing yards the first half of the season, underclassmen or or upperclassmen? What about the second half of the season? Um, upperclassmen would be Kevon Lee. Devin Ford and Kaziah Holmes, and the underclassmen obviously are Nick Singleton and Ketron Allen. I think it's going to be the upperclassmen just because there's three of them, but I don't think all those guys will get you know the same amount of carries. So that will you know allow for Singleton and Ketron Allen um, to you know, quote unquote keep up with those guys if you know if it's a if, it, if it's a thing where those upperclassmen are getting getting more touches as the season starts, and Franklin and company are kind of you know, maybe quote unquote easing those those underclassmen into the season and into the into the offense and from what we've seen from those guys in practice i mean they're ready to go so i think it's going to be a very healthy competition if you if you want to put it that way the old heads versus the young guys you know it's going to be very healthy competition for the season um but i think you're going to see a lot of singleton and katron allen to start the season um i think that is going to bode well for the entire group and I think it's only going to make things stronger on offense. Um, but to answer the question, I think I'm going to go with upperclassmen just because I think initially those three will start off the season and kind of literally carry things for a little bit until maybe we see. I mean, it took Saquon Barkley four games to really get going and then start. So if that's the case, you know, four games in, um, maybe we'll see Singleton or Ktron Allen, you know, kind of take charge of that. But I'm going to go with upperclassmen for that one. Next question. What three positions must exceed expectations for this team to make the college football playoffs? Um, I didn't go with the obvious offensive line or quarterback. I, that's that's a given. Um, I have mentioned some of these position groups before as some of our strengths. One of them being the tight end group. Um, you know, you can get a lot of production from your receivers and the running backs and still have a really good offense. But if you want to take your team to the next level and kind of be in that elite category and really give your shot at really give your team a shot at making the playoffs, winning the conference and everything, you've got to have that extra production from the tight ends. And we have three guys who we all know can can do so. Um, so obviously, 
if that offensive line even comes close to exceeding expectations, which I don't know what the expectations are, but I'd imagine that they're pretty low right now based on what we've seen over the last handful of years. Um, if they can exceed expectations and be somewhat just average, if not slightly above average, yes, I think we get the tight ends involved more and more. Um, the second group, I would say, is the defensive line, specifically the defensive ends. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say there's quote-unquote pressure on those guys, but having Adisa Isaac back from injury and him still having the same expectations that he had heading into last year prior to the injury, we have a guy like Trap Robinson transferring in from Maryland to kind of provide that spark that Arnold Ebicady had last year, and then someone like five-star new guy denied Dennis Sutton. Um, all of the reviews on Robinson and Sutton are positive. And those two guys, I mean, obviously Trap Robinson played last year, so he's ready to go. Denied Dennis Sutton. Um, obviously, he's got you know he's playing some catch up, having not coming until you know, a couple months ago, but. I don't see a reason why he won't be on the field early. Um, and then Deez Isaac, everyone's kind of saying he's back to where he was, if not maybe a little bit better. Um, so it, it only makes that group, you know, um, more of a potential strong suit for us going forward. So I wouldn't say there's pressure on that group, but I would say with the expectations of those guys coming in, fair or not, I think that kind of, does put a little bit of pressure on those guys and if they can exceed expectations or at least meet them you know because we're gonna be facing a lot of a lot of good quarterbacks some of them are gonna be very mobile um so that we're gonna need those guys to be those dominant pass rushers off the edge to kind of contain those guys and and help win those battles second group second group or the last group i mean is a group that i think is not a sexy pick because i think everyone knows what this group is capable of the dbs I think that we are going to have the best defensive backs in the country. So that's why it's not a sexy pick. But if they exceed the expectations that are already very, very high, I mean, shit, that puts us in an extremely great position at the end of the season to A, win the Big Ten, and B, make the college football playoffs. So I think if the if the DBs at least meet their expectations, which, again, are very, very high, I mean, we have three potential All-Americans back there. And Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, and Jair Brown. You have three potential All-Americans back there. And if those guys can meet those expectations, we will be we will be fine. Um, next question. Does Sean Clifford start 12 games in the regular season? If he stays healthy, yes. I think it would take something, you know, catastrophic in terms of performance-wise for him to get benched. What is the ceiling, speaking of Sean Clifford, what is the ceiling for Sean Clifford? Um, uh, we've all been critical of, of, of Clifford. Um I think some of it's been warranted, some of it's not been warranted based on the injuries and how poor the offensive line has played. He can't do anything about that, obviously, right? So I think a lot of it's been rushed on his end, throws have been rushed, maybe not having the time to look at the other receivers and find different options and go through progressions. So I think there's there's a lot of factors that have played into the criticism of, of Clifford. But again, some of it is warranted. Um, I think he's capable of being an All-American, um, definitely an All-Big Ten caliber guy. There's a lot of talented guys, even in the Big Ten, that are, um, you know, ahead of him in terms of, you know, catching people's eyes across the country and you know being on those those short those short lists for all Americans. But I think he has, I think he has it in him. I think he's, um, I think he's he's accurate. I think his his numbers all time would say that. You know, people are like, well, he's a he's a fourth year starter. Shouldn't he own every passing record in Penn State football history? 
he will at the end of the season should he stay healthy for 12 games and hopefully and beyond. Um, but the injuries have, 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 have hampered him a little bit, and he's missed some time. So, um, yes, I think, he, I, I, I think he's capable of a lot. Again, I think he's capable of being an All-American, mainly because of the talent we have around him. And if you remember, Mike Yurcich has worked with some a lot of really great college quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph when he was at Oklahoma State. Sam Ellinger when he was at Texas. And Justin Fields most recently when he was at Ohio State. Speaking of that, um, in 2019 when Fields was at Ohio State, through the first eight games of the season prior to the Minnesota game, Clifford and Fields, their numbers were, you know, were, were similar. Fields had a 68% completion percentage. 1,600 yards, 24 TDs, one pick. Clifford had a 62% completion percentage, 1,900 yards, so almost 300 yards more, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, obviously, Fields went on to have a spectacular season and be up for the Heisman, and Penn State fell apart. Um, but I think a lot of factors play into why Clifford can have a really great season. Um, Yursich is back as an offensive coordinator for the, for the second straight season, which Clifford has not had. Everybody knows that. So that is a significant thing. I think personally the offensive line is going to be much improved. I think they're going to be much better than they were last year. It's almost impossible to think that they're going to be as bad, if not worse, than last year. If they are, I don't know what to tell you guys about about that. But we'll see how that goes, right? But, you know, Yurcich was able to put those guys in, in position to have big big seasons numbers-wise and also lead their team to 10-11 wins. And, you know, Ohio State made the college football playoffs. Um with with your as the passing game coordinator and the quarterbacks coach so i think a lot of things like i said the talent we have at the receiver the tight end and the running back position especially at the running back position if we can get them going and get the run game going that takes a lot of pressure off of clifford which you know might if you kind of break it down might mean that he has less uh, less opportunities for for big numbers but there's going to be chances for him to put to put up big passing numbers because of the talent we have at receiver and tight end um, so yeah, I think his ceiling is his ceiling is an All American, but I think he'll probably end up you know in that All Big Ten range just because there are so many elite quarterbacks across the country. What do you think are realistic expectations for this Manny Diaz defense? The very high, I think a top ten championship level defense um, should be the expectations. Um, the defenses under Brent Pry were always at or near the top in total defense and scoring defense. I don't think that's going to change. Um, they also had crazy sack numbers under under Brent Pry. I think that's going to stay the same, if not maybe jump up a little bit. Um, like I said, the, the Manny Diaz defense is aggressive. Um, it's disruptive, and it leads to more turnovers. I think there is a chance that we'll see some more big plays given up than we're used to. But I don't think that risk factor of of blitzing maybe a little bit a little more than often um, is going to outweigh the reward that can potentially come with, especially with the DBs that we have. I think that's a significant piece of the puzzle. You know, you can get to the quarterback, but if you don't have the guys on the back end or the guys in the middle to maybe break up those passes or get those picks, you know, I won't say it doesn't matter, but, you know, it helps to have those guys on the back end of things. So I think the expectations should be very high. Next question. Which freshman do you think makes the biggest impact this year? Um, There's three names that I'm going to go with, and then I will give you one. I think two of them are no-brainers, Singleton and Denai Denison, who I've mentioned before. Third guy that people maybe have forgotten is receiver Caden Saunders. Saunders was Penn State's first commit for the class of 2022, also an early enrollee in January. And, you know, we have the, we have those guys at receiver with 
Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, and Keandre Lambert-Smith, and Malik Megan. There's other guys behind them who you know, um, who maybe you know, did some good things in, in the blue-white game. But Caden Saunders is no slouch, and I fully anticipate him to be on the field, maybe not early and often, but I think early. I think they'll, they'll get him out there, and he'll be in that rotation, which is going to be pretty deep, but I think he'll be in that rotation. Um, his skill his skills, his skill set is very similar to that of KJ Hamler and Jahan Dotson. Maybe not as smooth or fluid, but he's got that quick burst. He runs good routes, and he's got good hands, and you can use him in different ways. So, um, yes, I don't think maybe at the start of the season you'll hear you'll hear his name, but I think as he jumps into that rotation and gets more and more in, involved in the offense, I think you'll start to hear his name more. Um, I think who makes the biggest impact, I think, would be Denied Dennis Sutton. I don't think he's going to be on the field for as many plays as someone like Singleton, but for what he can do and as disruptive as he can be, yes, I think Denied Dennis Sutton is someone to look at immediately to... I don't want to go down the, the, the path of saying make a, a Michael Parsons type of impact, but I think it can be in that in that ballpark. Next question. What game besides Ohio State are you most afraid of this year and why? Um, I'm not going to say I'm afraid of any games simply because, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before. I believe we can beat everybody in our schedule more so this year than, than other years. Now, the early games we have at Purdue on Thursday night, they're blackout. Uh, I, for whatever reason, teams have struggled playing at playing at Purdue in those in those quote-unquote conditions so you know that game the Auburn game it's gonna be hot down in Auburn it's a middle of the day game it's early in the season um, Auburn's obviously looking for revenge you know, those games are tough I think we're better than both those teams I think we're better than uh, like almost every team on our schedule I think obviously Michigan Ohio State and um, you know Michigan State those games are usually toss-ups um, we have Ohio State, Michigan State at home. We gotta go to the go, uh, go to the big house. Maryland's gonna be better, but I think we're better than all those teams. And again, it, I, I feel like this should be the last time I'm gonna say this, but it's not. If our offensive line is you know takes that takes that step and just becomes average at best, like average at best, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine, and I think we're going to be better than expected for you know from a fan's perspective. So. I'm not afraid of any games, but obviously those games early, Purdue and Auburn, both on the road, you know, they, you know, they're, they're not they're not trap games because you know how good those teams can be, especially at home and it's an SEC team. The weather is, is different down there and Purdue, people, like I said, have teams that have struggled there. But yeah, I think those games are the ones that you look at and um, maybe take a second look at. Uh, but I don't think I'm not afraid of any 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 games this year. Um, next one. How do you see Penn State recovering from the recent decommits? Um, that's part of the college football, and it has been for a long time, and it happens every single year to every single team. You get that guy, you're 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 pumped about him. You think you got him locked in. You know, signing day is a long way away, and then he decommits. Whether it's like a month later or right before signing day, you know, whatever it happens. And then now with the NIL landscape, that changes things significantly i think you'll start to see it more and more just because school school b can offer original school a more than you know more than or way more than than what school a was paying that kid when they when they first committed so it does it hurts when that happens but you know franklin and company are tremendous recruiters so there's always that that secondary option you know if we don't get a kid or we decommits so it's just it's just part of it and Following recruiting as much as I have 
over over the last you know 20 years for god's sakes um that's that's just how it goes next question how do you think franklin's game management will improve this year compared to last last year it was a consistent theme that play calls were either bad bad ideas or just poorly executed it was especially tough to see these mistakes happening week after week how do how does franklin regain control of this team and instill confidence in the fans once again um, I don't think that Franklin has lost control of the team per se, but um, I think it, it boils down to the performance of the offensive line. I think that's first and foremost. I think that's the most obvious answer to that. Um, if the offensive line improves, if we can get the running game going. We can have a successful passing game, and we're now, you know, it's it's third and third and three, and we run a a quick screen pass or something along those lines and we can just run the ball to get a first down and then can you know control the clock and keep the offense on the field and you know do that week after week it puts everybody at ease knowing that we can do that now it's just the consistency factor of doing so but um to instill the confidence back in the fans i think over the last couple of years obviously confidence is still there because we have the talent but how do we get the confidence back to the fans you beat Ohio State. I know every game is important, but 99.9% of the time, that Ohio State game is the most important one on the schedule because it's, you know, it, I don't say, the, the winner has a really good chance of making the playoffs should that team go on to win the Big Ten and everything. So beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, go to the playoffs. And those should be the expectations every single year. That should never change. That should never change for Penn State football. Um, so I think that's how you can start with things, um, is win those games and get to the Big Ten, win the Big Ten, get to the playoffs. It just it's the it's the consistency factor of, of beating Ohio State, beating Michigan, beating Michigan State, you know, and taking care of everybody else on our schedule that we have to take care of, and winning those games down at Auburn, and winning those games on the road at Purdue. You know, it's we shouldn't go into those games like, oh, you know, it's this is gonna be tough. Like you know, it's gonna be tough, but we also know that we're better than those teams. So win those games, win the Big Ten, and you saw what the confidence was like when, when that happened. I mean, we didn't get to the playoffs in 2016 because we lost to Purdue. So, I mean, lost to Pitt on the road. So, again, that goes back to what I said. You got to take care of those things. Like, we're better than Pitt. We were better than Pitt there. And I understand it was the first year under Moorhead, first year with McSorley, yada, yada, yada. But nonetheless, we're better than them. So, and we took care of them the, the next two seasons. Um, home and away so the, you know, the expectations heading into 2017 and 2018 were high because we were you know we were at that level almost so it's it's the consistency factor of of doing all those things you know on and off the field and franklin's talked about that so i think to get the confidence back going is you know we've, we've been we've we get so far and then come crashing down so it's 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 we got to get so far we've been number two in the country we've been top 10 multiple times um so it's getting to that point but then getting over that hurdle and that hurdle usually resides in columbus ohio so start there next question how many wins does it take to franklin to keep franklin off the hot seat this season franklin has to go 500 or worse i think in consecutive seasons for him to even be like remotely close to being on the hot seat i think um how many wins that's that's the the question how many wins does it take like six or seven i know that's what not that's not what people want but i think i i just i just don't see that happening going forward 
now that all the distractions with the contracts are, are done, recruiting is, has taken off again, and we're back to where we should be. Um, I, I, I just don't see that happening. But yes, I think Franklin would have to go 500 or worse in consecutive seasons for him to be on the hot seat. Not from a fan's perspective. I mean, shit, if we go 9-3 and three this year, he's, like he's on the hot seat for every single fan. Every single fan. But administration-wise, it's going to take a pretty poor, rough couple seasons for us to for that to happen. What will it take to fix the O-line and run game issues? Next question. Um, consistency. I think that's pretty easy. Um, I think if the, if the offensive line is consistent and they can open up holes and allow the running backs to get to the second level without being touched, I think that solves pretty much every problem that we have. So I think it's the consistency. Um, kind of answered this question already. Um, is Sean Clifford the starter by the end of the season? Yes. I think it would take a significant start um, the season a la you know, 2020 uh, for him to get benched next question who steps up a middle linebacker i don't have an answer for that um the battle seems to be pretty even with with kobe king and tyler eldston i think it's going to be um kind of similar to the running back situation i mean i think we know who the starter is going to be for, for the running backs but i think for that middle linebacker spot between kobe king and tyler eldston I think it's going to be first couple games, get in the rhythm, get – I mean, that first game of the season is night game on the road on a Thursday. So, I, you know, I think both those guys are going to get in there. So that's going to be a step in the right direction for one of those guys. And it might take three or four weeks really to see who is the most comfortable or who the coaches feel is the most comfortable guy in there calling the plays and being the, the guy on defense, you know, being the quarterback of the defense. So – I don't have an answer for that right now, um, but I think we'll know after a couple games who's on the right path. Next question. Does any running back go for 100 yards in a game? Yes. I think they all rush for 100 yards in a game this season. I think and none of that happens if the offensive line isn't improved. Duh. But I am not going to say it anymore. I think the offensive line is going to be much improved. I think they're going to be significantly better than they were last year. So that's my take on that. Um, but yes, I do think we have, I do think we have a running back that goes over hundred yards. I think probably a couple of these guys will get over hundred yards multiple times. At least that's the goal. Next question. Is Mitchell Tinsley the real deal? Yes. Um, we obviously don't know what he looks like in blue and white, but I've seen this tape. Anyone who's watched this tape. Yes. Um, he did it against big 10 competition as well at Western Kentucky. I don't think he'll put up the same numbers, but I do think he'll have a major impact. And yes, he is a real deal. Um, next question. Um, can Clifford lead this team with all the young talent? Yes. I don't see why not him being on the program as long as he has. Um, I think him also, like some of the things I, I mentioned before, him having Yursich for a second year and not having to worry about you know, focusing on learning a new system and just getting more confident with that, I think allows him to maybe be more of that leader and be more vocal. And what helps him is that there's other leaders at, at those other positions. You you look at a guy like Devin Ford with the running backs, you know, and you look at a guy like PJ Mustafer with the defensive line, um, Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert Smith, and even Tinsley. Then those guys are, you know, been around for a while now um, at, at their positions. And you got Joey Porter Jr. and Jair Brown. Um, you know, linebacker might be a little bit difficult, but you got guys like Jonathan Sutherland and Curtis Jacobs. So there's other leaders to help those other groups and guys who have been around for a while. So, yeah, I think I think he absolutely can. I, I do not see why not. Um, how will the DS defense be different than Brent Price? 
Um, I think the biggest thing is going to be they're going to be more aggressive. I think you'll see more blitzing. And hopefully that adds up to more turnovers. So I think that's going to be the, the biggest fact, the biggest change um, or biggest difference, I guess, is going to be how aggressive they are. Uh, answer this one, um, which true freshman will make the cut um, or which true freshman will make the most impact? Um, I think it's going to be denied in a sudden. I think those other two guys I mentioned, Singleton and Saunders, will have impacts. But I think based on what he can do at the defensive end spot, I think he'll have the biggest impact um, when it comes to the true freshman. Um, um, number uh, Next question is, besides besides uh, a six-year Clifford who is emerging as a leader, who else is emerging as a leader for this team? I think guys I mentioned, Parker Washington, Keontae Lambert-Smith, Devin Ford, I think those guys, along with like a Joey Porter Jr., uh, maybe even like a Kalen King, who's only a sophomore, but you know, played significant reps last year. I think, you know, I think those guys are are you know rising as leaders. And defensive line, I think it starts with PJ Musafer. I think everybody knows that, but I think he's probably have probably has a bigger role this year. You coming back and off the, off the injury, so I think he's also another guy that wants to improve um, improve things uh, on the defense and be that leader for, for the group. So I think there's a lot of them. Um, but I think, yeah, Clifford, it's, I think it starts with him, obviously, um, throughout, for the entire team, him being the quarterback and him being a six year guy. Yeah. I think it starts with Clifford. Next question. Do you think Franklin will have a quick trigger with Clifford? Uh, meaning if we lose both early road games at Purdue and Auburn, would he look to move on? Um, quick trigger. No, again, I think it's going to take something significant, like you know, more interceptions and touchdowns, or just really, really bad games from Clifford um, to to bench him. Especially a guy I know we saw what Veyu can do, but it was against Rutgers. I don't know how much stock I put into that. Again, I don't care who it's against. Still got to go out and do it. But you know, would Franklin have enough confidence in him after you know, we'll just say three games? to where one and two to pull Clifford and to put in, you know, value or maybe one of the other freshmen. I, I don't think so. I think Franklin has rode with Clifford this long. I think he's going to continue to do so. Um, so I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. Um, next question was kind of a follow-up on that. Have I heard anything about value Allah or Prabula? Um, and, uh, he said, I'm hearing some things that Bo is actually ahead of Alar when it comes to progression at, at this point. I haven't heard anything. Um, I feel like um, they're pretty secretive about the about some of those things maybe, but I haven't heard anything about um, about that. So who knows? Um, I, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but um, yeah, I, I think... Um, I don't think it really, really makes a difference. Um, so yeah, I, those those are the questions I got. Um, I th- I think there's a lot more uh, to be answered this season. I think the the biggest question is going to be obviously the progression of the offensive line, and then who's going to be the middle linebacker. Um, obviously, you know what what version of Sean Clifford are we going to go with? I mean, I told you what he was doing kind of keeping up with with Justin Fields in 2019 you know we've seen we've seen the good bad and the ugly with Clifford um 
But I think that offensive line, which I think obviously is, like I just said, is going to be significantly improved from last year. And I think you're going to go Olufashanu, Landon Tangwall. This is left to right. Olufashanu left guard, Tangwall at left, uh, Olu at left tackle, Tangwall at left guard, Juice Scruggs at center. Hunter Norzad, I think, is going to be the guy at right guard, and then Kata Wallace at, at right tackle. I think that's a really solid group. That's a big group of guys. Last year, uh, Drew Scruggs was the heaviest interior guy. Now he's the lightest. I think that says a lot, actually. I think that's something that people won't talk about, I think. But that's that's a significant thing. So I think they're going to be better. It's, it's going to be, man, it's going to be really hard for them to be worse than they were last year, right? I mean, they were 100 and... I think like 113th out of 127, team, 127 teams um, in rushing per game. And they were averaging three yards a carry. It is, I, I hate the word literally, but it's literally going to be impossible for them to be worse than they were last year at that. So, again, there's always a lot of questions. Uh, some teams have, have more than others. Some teams don't have any questions. Some teams have a couple um, so I think we have this, the standard questions that we ask every year when when this this time this time of year rolls around is what's the offensive line gonna look like, what um, what Clifford are we gonna get, Franklin's game management, you know the standard the standard things. I think the you know, question of can the running backs get going? Yeah, we have five running backs who can start anywhere else probably. One of them is a one of them is bound to get going. B if the, if the offensive line is good, they're they're all going to get going because it's going to be you know free for all basically because you're going to have well rested guys, you're going to have a, a a tight end group and a receiver group that are on paper are some of the best in the country along with the running backs. The ceiling for this team, guys, is the playoffs, and you guys might laugh at that, and you guys might be like, Stephen, you're drinking the Kool Aid again. I've been drinking it for a long fucking time. Everybody knows that. But the ceiling for this team, and I think last year I was excited because I, in my head I'm like, well, it's about fucking time, right? Like, it's about time that we get excited. It's about time, the offensive line. And I think it was just one of those things where maybe I didn't have as much confidence, but I just, in my head, I'm telling myself, you got to have the confidence. And, you know, early on, yeah, the, the confidence was there. Even though our offensive line still wasn't good, it was there um, because of those early season wins. Now, the season kind of shapes up like that as well. Two, you know, early season games. Uh, against good teams, so, uh, but I, 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 I truly, truly believe that this that the ceiling for this team is going to the playoffs. I think anything less than ten wins is a failure, but I think that's our expectations every year. That's not a bad thing. But when you're at a school like Penn State and you can bring in the talent that we have, and we have two of the best coordinators in the country, I know they, I, I know they had Manny Diaz just got here, but his track record speaks for speaks for itself. Yursich, I know last year wasn't the best. His track record speaks for itself as well. They are two of the best coordinators in the country. And we have some of the best position coaches in the country as well. And I think we also have one of the best head coaches in the country. His contract's taken care of. There's no distractions with that. If Sean Clifford stays healthy, the offensive line improves, that opens up everything for this team. That takes pressure off the defense. That allows them to play more free. That allows us to get more turnovers. That allows us to get our offense back on the field, put more points on the board. And I think, yes, the ceiling for this team, we can beat Ohio State. Yes, absolutely we can. We can beat Michigan. Of course we can. We can beat Auburn on the road. Absolutely we can. Absolutely. We can go to the Big Ten. We can beat Wisconsin or Iowa, whoever the hell is going to be on the other side from the West in the Big Ten. Absolutely we can. 
we can go to the playoffs. I think we can stand toe-to-toe with anybody in the country because uh, of of the strides that this team can take and the talent we have. And no one's talking about us as a, as a real contender for the Big Ten. And rightfully so, but based on how the second half of the season went. But, yeah, we're, we're right there. And by right there, I mean we're close to breaking, breaking down that door of being a consistent top 10, top 5 team. Now, again, everyone's going to be like, oh, Steven, you say that every year. I know I say it every year. But I, I'm a genuinely an, an optimistic person with this, with this team every single year because someone has to be, right? I know we get frustrated week after week and there's mistakes made and there's bad play calling. Go to every other message board in the entire country and watch every other single game with a, with a fan of the other team. It happens all the time, right? But we've, always, we've gone to that position of, of, of the season where, you know, where we're 7-0, 8-0, we're ranked high, and, you know, the expectations are, are now through the roof, and it's, you know, Penn State can win the Big Ten, they can knock off Ohio State, and then we fall apart. I don't see that happening with this team this year. I don't know why. I just think things are going to be different. Um, I hope I'm right. And I know everybody else hopes I'm right. So, again, I appreciate, before I start going on a deeper, deeper tangent, and I'll save that for maybe next week. Um, I appreciate all the support, as always. Um, you guys know who you are. The the consistent people who I have week in and week out giving me good feedback, whether it's now on the blog, whether it's the podcast, or just texting me. Um, you know, we're almost there. Um, 20 days away, almost there. It's going to be here before you know it. Let's get let's get in the right mindset. Everyone start getting ready. Let's have those lofty expectations. Um, we'll take it one game at a time. Um, again, I appreciate it. I love you guys. Keep keep showing the love. Keep showing the support. Always remember, we are.